Welcome to another episode of Dark and Creepy Things, Things with Frank and Scout. Scout. Frank and Scout. Okay, so before we get started, we have somebody that we need to thank, our very first patron. Patron! Yay! Patron is the person who, like a sponsor, gives us money on a monthly basis, and you can too, and then you'll get your name mentioned, and you'll get to suggest upcoming topics for us to discuss. So yes. who's our first and only patron? Our only patron is Bitten by the Bug, aka my mum. Frank's mum! My mum. Yay! <laughs> Yay, mum. Thanks, mum. Yay. Thanks, Bitten by the Bug. So, Mum has suggested... <laughs> no, Bitten by the Bug. Mum <laughs> has suggested that we read an article. She actually suggested it based on her knowledge, but we found we the found, corresponding article on Wikipedia. Article. They're called Safety Coffins. And I'll definitely post the link to the Wikipedia article. But yes, in a text message or WhatsApp message, <laughs> um, Bitten by the Bug, aka Frank's Mum, suggested something that I hadn't heard of, yeah. um, I don't think I'd heard of before, and if I have, I'd forgotten it, um, about safety coffins. So a safety coffin, or a security coffin, is a coffin fitted with a mechanism to prevent premature burial or allow the occupant to signal that they have been buried alive. <laughs> a large number of designs for safety coffins were patented during the 18th and 19th centuries, and variations on the idea are still available today. So you can be buried in a safety coffin, so you don't have to worry about being buried alive. Can you? Apparently, that's what the article's saying. We'll have to like read even it. even now? That's what it's saying, that there's still variations available today, so we'll have to keep reading okay. to... Because Bitten by the Bug, aka your mum, said it was something that happened in Victorian times. Yeah, so 18th and 19th century, yeah, so yeah. that's 1700s, 1800s. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so the fear of being buried alive peaked during the cholera epidemics of the 18th and 19th centuries, but accounts have, of live burial have been recorded even further back. When his tomb was reopened, the philosopher John Duns Scotus from 1266 to 1308 was reportedly found outside his coffin with his hands torn and bloody after attempting to escape. Oh my god. The fears of being buried alive were heightened by reports of doctors and accounts in literature and newspapers, as well as dealing with the subject in The Fall of the House of Usher and The Cask of Omantillado, Edgar Allan Poe wrote The Premature Burial, which was published in 1844. It contained accounts of supposedly genius cases of premature burial, sorry, genuine cases of premature burial, as well as detailing the narrator's own perceived internment while while still alive. Mm. The general fear led to the invention of many safety devices which could be incorporated into coffins. Most consisted of some device for communication to the outside world, such as a cord attached to a bell that that the interred person could ring should they revive after the burial. The safety coffin of this type appears in the 1979 film The First Great Train Robbery. Ah. Yeah? Yes, yes, yes. Other variations on the bell include flags and pyrotechnics. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot flamethrowers into the air like I'm alive, bitches! Pretty much. Yeah. Some designs included ladders, escape hatches, and even feeding tubes. But many forgot a method <laughs> for air. Me. Please bury me with a feeding tube. <laughs> yeah, but many forgot air. So you can eat until you die, but you won't be able to breathe. Pour coffee in there. 
mini soy lattes. Yeah. Robert Robert Robinson. That's a weird (laughs) name. Robert Robinson died in Manchester in 1791. A movable glass pane was inserted into his coffin and the mausoleum had a door for purposes of inspection by a watchman. He was to see if he breathed on the glass. He instructed his relatives to visit his grave periodically to check if he was still dead. (laughs) Oh yeah, check if I'm still dead a year later. I think you'd... Come check on me. I think you're pretty dead Hmm. by then. The first recorded safety coffin was constructed on the orders of Duke Ferdinand of Brunswick before his death in 1792. He had a window installed to allow light in, an air tube to provide a supply of fresh air, and instead of having the lid nailed down, he had a lock fitted. In a special pocket of his shroud, he had two keys, one for the coffin lid and one for the tomb door. P.G. Pesler... A German priest suggested in 1798 that all coffins have a tube inserted from which a cord could run to the church bells. If an individual had been buried alive, they could draw attention to themselves by ringing the bells. This idea, while highly impractical, led to the first designs of safety coffins equipped with signalling systems. Pesler's colleague, Pastor Beck, suggested that coffins should have a small trumpet-like tube attached. Each day, the local priest would check on the state of of putrefaction of the corpse by sniffing the odours emanating from the tube. Is that putrefaction? Yeah, putrefaction. In other words... You said putrefaction. Did I? (laughs) Putrefaction. In other words, the priest would go around and smell the tubes and check you were rotting. (laughs) If rotting, all good. Yeah, pretty much. If no odour was detected or the priest heard cries for help from the coffin, (laughs) it could be be dug up and the occupant rescued. Oh, wow. Dr. Adolf Goodsmith was buried alive several times to, to demonstrate. <laughs> oh, okay, it was a demonstration. It was a demonstration. Not, not, just... not legitimately buried alive multiple times. Like, nope, still not dead. Still not dead, guys. Still not <laughs> dead. Third time's a charm. Try again. <laughs> uh, to demonstrate a safety coffin of his own design, and in 1822, he stayed underground for several hours mm. and even ate a meal of soup, bratwurst, marzipan, sauerkraut, spatzel, beer, and for dessert, Prinzredgendentort, delivered to him through the feeding tube. No, you know what? That's some stinky gas-making food. Yeah, beer, bratwurst, (laughs) sauerkraut. Oh, no. I don't even know what spatzel is, but that's... I've had it before from a German friend of mine. Like, it's this pasta, like... It's really hard to struggle. Ah, it means little sparrows in German, and it's an egg noodle. Yeah, yeah. It's like tiny little pastas, and you make it in a special machine, and yeah, it's nice. Hmm. In the 1820s, also saw the use of portable death chambers in Germany. Okay, okay, okay. Why is this German? Because it sounds very sus. Like, what is with Germans? Death chambers? Death chambers. Yeah. Germans need to get off the death chamber train. Death chamber train. <laughs> Like, yes, like where else have we heard that term, guys? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, a small chamber equipped with a bell for signalling and a window for viewing the body was constructed over an empty grave. Watchmen would check each day for signs of life or decomposition in each of the chambers. If the bell was rung, the body could be immediately removed, but if the watchman observed signs of putrefaction in the corpse... Putrefaction? Putrefaction? 
A panel could then be slid in to cover the grave and the upper chamber removed and reused. Okay, so essentially it has like a temporary glass grave and you put the body in and then you wait and you go, okay, yeah, they're definitely dead. <laughs> you open it up and put them in the grave and then you seal the grave over and then you use that again. You go, oh, it's our viewing grave. Yeah, that's a good idea, though. It's a temporary viewing yeah, grave. Yeah, good idea. It's better than just chucking them in the freezer. Well, nowadays they don't bury people straight away. You take them to a morgue. Yeah, but they go in a freezer. You would be... The freezer's not that cold. You would wake yeah, up. That's true. Like, I mean, some people still do wake up. And they do. That's why they That's why they put them in a freezer. They don't bury them straight away. I'd be more worried about getting autopsies whilst, autopsied whilst still alive. But anyway... Yeah. Yep. Uh, in 1829, Doctor Johann Gottfried Taberger designed Is this a, another German. Yes, designed a. I think so. Designed <laughs> a system which a bell would alert at the cemetery night watchman. The corpse would have strings attached to its hands, head, and feet. A housing around the bell above ground would prevent its ringing accidentally. An in an improvement over previous designs, the housing prevented rainwater from running down the tube, and netting <laughs> prevented insects from in, in oh. entering the coffin. Oh, gross! You're in the in the coffin, and you're like, "Fucking help me!" And then you get flooded because the rain entered the feeding oh, tube. A bloody cricket or something. Uh, or cockroach comes uh, into the tube. No, thank you. Ugh. If the bell rang. The watchman had to insert a second tube to punt air into the coffin with a bellows to allow the occupant to survive until the casket could be dug up. So as you're just waiting for someone to hear your bell. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Oh. Hello, I'm alive. <laughs> Help me. The systems used cords tied to the body suffered from the drawback that the natural process of decay would often cause the body to swell or shift position, causing accidental tension on the cords and a false positive. <laughs> Franz Vester's 1868 burial case overcame this problem by adding a tube through which the face of the corpse could be viewed. If the interred person came to, they could ring the bell, if not strong enough to ascend the tube by means of a supplied ladder, and the watchman could check if the person had genuinely returned to life or whether it was merely movement of the corpse. Hmm. Vester's design allowed the viewing tube to be removed and reused once death was assured. So in other words your body would like swell and yeah. do that all, like rigor mortis and all that shit and people would go like you're alive and they would dig it up and go Actually, no guys they're, they're dead they're still <laughs> dead like put them back <laughs> Count Michel de Canis Kaniki a chamberlain to the Tsar of Russia patented his own safety coffin called Le Canis in 1897 and demonstrated at the Sorbonne the following year his design detected movement in the coffin and opened a tube to supply air while simultaneously raising a flag and ringing a bell. Likhanis never caught on. It was too sensitive to allow for even slight movement in decaying corpse and a demonstration in which one of Kanis Kaniki's assistants had been buried alive ended badly when the signalling systems failed. <laughs> Luckily, the breathing tube had activated and the assistant was disinterred unharmed, but the reputation of the Kanis was damaged beyond repair. Imagine doing a test and being like, yeah, guys, guys, they'll totally, they'll totally signal when, when, <laughs> when, um, they want to come out and then nothing happens. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> In 1995, Ooh, yes, a modern safety coffin was patented by Fabrizio Casilli. His design... Fabrizio, yes. I can't speak words. <laughs> yeah, I pronounce foreign words. <laughs> Excuse you. 
His design included an emergency alarm intercon system, a torch, breathing apparatus, and both a heart monitor and a stimulator. Hmm. Despite the fear of burial while still alive, there are no documented cases of anybody being saved by a safety coffin. It is worth noting that the practice of modern day embalming has, for the most part, eliminated the fear of premature burials, as no one has ever survived that process once completed. So if you were still alive while being embalmed, you were definitely dead Hmm. by the end of it. Yeah. Good to know. Okay, folk entomology has suggested that perhaps the phrase saved by the bell, Mm. dead ringer, (laughs) and graveyard shift came from the use of safety coffins in the Victorian era. Of course. However, these have been dispelled as urban myths. Oh, yeah. And attributed to a linguistic email hoax life in the 1500s. The saved by the bell expression is actually well established to have come from boxing, where a boxer who is still on their feet but close to being knocked down can be saved from losing by the bell ringing to indicate the end of the round. Yeah, I, I get that, but I don't know. They proved it was a hoax. It was from an email, like an email hoax. It they still proved it. It makes sense. It makes sense that it's not where the term came from. Oh, we don't know. The Wikipedia says so. <laughs> okay. In popular culture, the 2009 song The Taylor Solomon Snell by Duncan Sheik from his album Whisper House tells us. What year was this? 2009. Okay tells the story of a man who for his burial gives instructions to be buried in a safety coffin with a bell mechanism attached but un- but ultimately fails to be saved due to the person in charge of listening to the bell getting drunk <laughs> yeah not saved by the bell not saved by the bell i don't know i it's in, it's interesting concept and it's definitely and it's definitely something that i think i i, I don't put the past victorians to do that kind of shit yeah, it's, it's clever, but obviously not foolproof. Well, no one was ever <laughs> saved by one, so yeah. either no one was ever buried alive or it didn't work. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to remember as well that era, era was, um, like, the height of the Gothic era in terms of, like, literature and the yeah. arts. So it's, they were very obsessed with things like death. Yeah, of course, but we know that art and literature in particular like some of it does uh, all of it comes from just one tiny thing that happens in real life yeah it reflects on it it feeds off each other like literature and arts and stuff fed off the current the current climate of the times but then it fed back into the current climate of the times yeah you know what i mean like yeah because that's that's edgar Allan poe's era yeah like the raven the raven Telltale heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Would you like to be buried in a safety car? I don't want to be buried. Oh, oh, yeah. But, okay, okay. If you (laughs) were... But if you were alive, and then with... I don't know, because you... Because if... Say you were cremated. I know you don't want to be be cremated. cremated. But say you were... I don't want to be. But say you were. No. Uh, I'll fucking haunt you. For fucking <laughs> argument's sake, say I'll you were. I'll haunt you. Okay, haunt me if you will. Not being created. <sighs> not being buried. <laughs> okay, fine. They embalm you, and then the fucking medical students start cutting you open for shits and giggles, <laughs> and you're I've still alive. I've heard of that happening. What, someone's still alive? When yeah. After, after they've been embalmed, I'm I doubt it. it. What you've ba- what he's been bathed in formaldehyde the, by then? Before you've been embalmed. Oh, when you're in the morgue and shit. Yeah. Yeah, but how? Like, how did they know that person was still alive? Like they woke up. In the morgue. Yeah. Like in a box in the morgue. Yeah, somewhere. 
don't know if it was in a box, but... But, like, in the morgue, they have those, like, fridges, and you put the person on the tray, and then you put put the tray in the fridge. Yeah. And then you close the fridge door. Bodies do, do wake up. I can't decide whether I would be... I don't know what I'd be more terrified of, the fact that I, well, like, nearly died, or the fact that I've been woken up in a morgue. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, my God, I nearly died. Oh, my God, I'm in a morgue. Like... What's what's worse? Apparently it happens, though. I mean, imagine it would. Yeah, so I'm just looking at a story because I'm, I'm curious. I'm sure I've heard. Sure, it just doesn't happen in fiction. You know, this does... And every part of... Every idea for fiction comes from real life somewhere. Um, so I just found an article on The Guardian... Guardian or the Guardian. Guardian. This on the Guardian.com. I'll post the link. It's from 2014. I'll post the link in the... With the wiki article link as well. Um, why waking up in a morgue isn't quite as unusual as you'd think by Carla Valentine. So apparently in Poland, a 91-year-old woman shocked her family and the public by waking up in a morgue after being refrigerated, having been declared dead. Despite 11 hours of cold storage... Okay. Janina... <laughs> this is me not being able to pronounce it. Kolkowitz? Kolkowitz. Was discovered to be alive and well after mortuary staff detected movements in her body bag. Um, so yeah, it does happen. A 24-year-old Kenyan man was pronounced dead after swallowing insecticide. And 15 hours later, he woke up in a morgue, causing staff to take to their heels screaming. <laughs> Uh, a 78-year-old man was found alive and literally kicking in a body bag at a funeral home in Mississippi. That discovery came as staff were preparing to embalm his body, so before embalming. Uh, so he was just spared the gruesome fate of having an artery sliced open and his blood replaced with formaldehyde to preserve his tissues. So that's how they embalm you. I didn't realise that's how they did it. I thought they, like, bathed your body in formaldehyde. So they replace your blood with formaldehyde. Which makes more sense, (laughs) because in reality... Just putting a body in, like, a bath of formaldehyde isn't going to do a lot. Like, it's not going to get into every single tissue. Exactly. Whereas using your arteries and veins, which are already there to do that process for you, makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and so apparently, so this 78-year-old man in Mississippi, um, he'd been declared dead because he had no pulse, as you do. Mm. Uh, but just a few hours later, he was, you know, kicking and screaming in the embalming room, uh, which caused the staff to immediately cause an a- call an ambulance. So for the guy that swallowed insecticide, they thought it must be that the atropine was given to him from the medical staff to contra- counteract the insecticide may have made him appear dead because it slows down your heart rate. Of course, that's your thing, yeah. Yeah. And where is the other one, the Mississippi man? The person who declared him dead didn't have a medical degree. (laughs) He was an elected official, as is the case in many United States. Uh, What? US States, yeah. What? So you're getting people who don't know what the signs of life are declaring people dead. Yeah, and then apparently UK coroners may also have a medical or law degree, but the difference is they don't have the power to pronounce people dead. It is left to medically trained staff, and for a good reason. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be declared <laughs> dead by a some, U.S. state yeah, official. Some, because if yeah. they don't know what the fuck they're oh, doing... Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's dead. He's so dead. <laughs> uh, I don't see a pulse. So dead. Yeah, yeah, I don't see a pulse. Yeah. No one sees a pulse, you asshole. Nah, not breathing. Dead. Alrighty. 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 I love that. I don't know why I use it so much. Alrighty. Um, it's an alrighty podcast. <laughs> yes, but I'm just. 
Well, that was very interesting. Thanks, Bitten by the Bug. Thanks, Mum. For pointing us in the direction of safety coffins. Thanks, Mum. Safety coffins. Um, yeah. Awesome. So if you want to suggest um, a podcast topic for us, get you, on the old Patreon. He's going to say, give us money. <laughs> we have four cats. Yes. Help me, I'm poor. Four rescue cats. And they probably eat better than we do. Most, <laughs> oh, most they the totally do. They, they totally eat better than we do. Like, yeah, it costs, their food costs us so much fucking money. <laughs> They, they have and you know what would happen if we if we died like they would eat us they would eat us yeah they would eat us they would eat us so stop the cats from eating us yes and give uh, us money so money. we can buy food so for they them and for us and for them and for us so that we don't die so they don't <laughs> eat us and we can keep telling you cool stories yes yes <laughs> we've been Frank and Scout yes and that was dark and oh, creepy thanks thanks I have to think about that alrighty alright alrighty catch you next time bye